Good morning. How are you? Another beautiful day in paradise. Oh, and that's just in your knickers. Mark. Oh, God. <coughs> Monday, took her for a drink on Tuesday. We were making love by Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, we chilled on Sunday. Monday. Took a for a drink on Tuesday. Okay, that's enough now. I've let you, I, I hoped that you would that you would edit yourself and stop, but you didn't. You went on, so I because had to stop you. the point of Craig David's song for those of you watching and listening on podcast. Welcome to Coffee Moaning, is that one night stands, regular one night stands, can cause trauma. Yeah, actually, it's a really interesting. No, it's a serious topic. Topic this, and so we are going to delve into that. And we'd like some honesty from you guys. We're going to be very honest, talking about one-night stands. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're also going to be talking about um, living funerals. This is a Mar oh, story a... Mark found this one. Yeah. Just beautiful Yeah, this story, is Dawn actually. French, who uh, dusted off her Vicar of Dibley robes to um, essentially conduct uh, a service, a living funeral for a yeah. friend of hers, which I yeah. think is just... The more I read the story, the more I was like... What the hell are we doing wrong? Yeah, we do it the wrong way around. We do it the wrong well, way we're going to talk about yeah, that because yeah. I remember stuff that Nanny Thelma said around that. So that's Very good. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we're also going to obviously touch upon the fact that Boris, big bouncing Boris, absolutely party gators, a complete, complete shambles. A shambles. I didn't know anyone was drinking. They all had beers. There was a big sign saying parties not allowed. I went, but I didn't know. Um, he's. Uh, I've got a theory. Well, that's really interesting because you were like. That was you were you were walking a line between Trump and Boris in your impersonation there. Was I? It yeah, was it was right. really weird. I could hear the Boris and Did the you? Trump. But if you think about it, there are there are Well, there are huge similarities, and I really want to draw a parallel between obviously Boris has it's been found by the Party Gate inquiry just literally three minutes ago, or nine minutes ago, uh, that he misled Parliament. Big deal. Would have been a massive, massive deal if he was Prime Minister at the time and this had been found out. Um, and uh, yeah, but I've got a theory that what's happening to Boris and what's happening to Trump are connected. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and obviously ITV were before the select committee yesterday. We can't pretend it didn't happen. Uh, so we're going to have a little natter and I want to know what you all think about that. And Nad's pulled up and brought our attention to, interestingly, the, well, tragically, the Greek migrant ship boat horror. You know, this is the story of 79 um, migrants dying on a boat with 700 people on it. Um, and these stories keep on popping up and we've become slightly kind of immune to them, don't we? And sort of numbed and, uh, and all this kind of stuff. But I thought what you said was really so on point. And so mm -hmm. we're going to talk about responses to that, the Greek response <clears throat> to that. Um, but first, before we get into anything, I want to talk about flies. You were talking about them on your um, Instagram Live. There's the fly that's an easy target that sort of fl flies in with a fat belly. Yeah. Flies around and drunk. you look at it and you think, great. Drunk on their own power. <laughs> drunk on their own, <laughs> absolutely, I love it. <laughs> drunk on their own power, just a big fat yeah. swat, easy. Then there are those which I've just had in my room whilst I was uh, writing, um, you can never see them. Yeah, they no, have you never see them. The nin the, I the call ninja. them the ninja flies. <laughs> and we have a lot of ninja flies this year. And I was just saying over on Instagram, I had a terrible night's sleep the other night because I had one that kept hiding. He kept ninjuring me. And he kept That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would start again. 
They're always male to me, flies. Funny, isn't it? I know what you mean. Do you ever say she about a fly? Um, don't get into that because we were, we were, I've just realised the thing we were also going to talk about was um, that, that tweet that we saw yesterday yeah. about, no, can you get, why do we only think of flies as men? I don't know. I think because they're so irritating. Maybe they prefer to be called <laughs> they. Maybe they're theys. Yeah, maybe they're theys. Maybe they're theys. Um, yeah, and also the giant mosquitoes, if anybody's suffering those at the moment. Wow. One walked bad. past the other day, it was wearing a kilt. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> Um, so if you are, we are going to be watching Black Mirror. Um, yeah, it's a nice idea. Why don't we review them? We reviewed, if you haven't seen it, check out our review of the second episode of The Idol last night. It's, it's getting... Lee, people... why do men get blamed for it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, do up your flies. <laughs> anyway. Um... We're going to start needing fly screens. They had some in Lidl yesterday. Fly screens? What are fly screens? You put on your door, so then you walk through them. It's really good. So it's split down the middle, and as you walk through it, it's snapped back, magnetic, like two magnetic pieces yeah, the, and you just walk through it. Do you remember in the 70s there was a huge vogue for having sort of beaded things that kind of were yeah, in doors? Yeah, that doesn't stop a fly Is that for flies? Them. What were they for? Well, I suppose it was, but I don't think it was. Was it just because you didn't want a door? I don't know. Mm. Uh, yeah, hearing a mozzie dive bombing isn't fun, is it? I hate that so much. If I could edit together a montage of the facial expressions of everyone as they leap up at that point at night to see if they I can know. see it. so funny. <laughs> go, everyone goes... Well, it's like me you the other night when Maddie said to me, I went, I'm going to put, I'm going to put, so I had my phone and I put the torch on because it will it'll be drawn to the light. <laughs> as, I, as I draw it to the light, whack it. Leah, flies are so rude coming in uninvited. I know. That said though, when you do a long drive these days, you just were mentioning the, the good old fashioned green fly. I where's haven't all, seen a green where, fly where's all the, Where have all the green fly gone from the lettuce? Babe, that's a Booker Prize winning novel title. Yeah. Where have all the green, green flies, flies gone? From, yeah. I haven't seen a green fly on a lettuce leaf for a very long time. I once had a conversation with one about 17 years ago. But no, but seriously, when you drive, do you remember you'd finish a long journey on the, on the motorway and in front of your car, the grill at the front of your car, it was a scene of n annihilation, wasn't it? Bugs, fat bugs. But environmentally, that is what you want. Of course it is, that's what I'm saying. Mm. That's why we've got thousands of bees in the garden all doing their business. Anyway, I just thought we'd talk about um, it does, and finally, just on that, do, do you guys, when a fly has come in and you can't, like the Rowan Atkinson show on Netflix, I begin to take it a little bit personally. Because they're very, very vicious. And they, they, play, they, they play psychological games. They let you think they've left, but they're hiding in there. It's like we were talking the other day about the marathon man, you know, when they make him yes. think he's escaped and then yes. they bring him back and drill into the nerve in his tooth. That's really stayed with you, that That really has stayed with that. It's like that. They lull you into a false sense of security and then they just play again, mm. drunk with power. Wow. Anyway, fuck off, flies. Just finally, if you want to, if you want to see a good film uh, that tells a story from the perspective of a fly, I think it's called The Acid House, which is a series of short stories by Irvin Welsh. Um, they made a film of it and the first story is told from the position of a blue bottle flying around. Oh, yeah, bottles. yeah, and, and it's kind of it's quite quite traumatic. Apparently, whenever you see a blue bottle, there is something dead nearby. Yeah, it's never just a fly. My soul. Um, okay, well, what should we talk about? Let's quickly just deal with Boris. So, Boris, the uh, party gate, party gate um, uh, inquiry has reported back, and it says that he committed enough breaches, serious enough to recommend a suspension of ninety days. He's got ahead of this by resigning, but... Um, Can I just ask you something yeah. on that? Yeah, but he didn't need to, so, is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, 
This this guy who I was just listening to on LBC oh, is very funny. Gitto Harry, I think he was head of communications or something for, for Boris. Mm. was very... Gitto. He has got... It's the last episode of his series today, Unprecedented. It's the name and of a friend of Boris for sure, isn't it? No, but he's, he's actually incredibly down to earth. You would like yeah, him. Yeah, but is that dangerous? You would like him. He's very, very smart. Literally, first time I've ever I found Boris him. very entertaining. And, and I'm gonna, have I got news I'm going to listen to his, his series. Ow, 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 ow. Um yeah. But he was saying, you know, it's it would have been death by a thousand cuts otherwise. You right. know, he would have eventually it would have been you know, so he said at least this time he's made a clean that's my point, and this is my theory on it. I've put in the title Boris the Martyr, just so for sheer news junkies. Uh, so the committee found that he misled the House on multiple occasions, committed further contempt in his conduct last week by impugning the committee, impugned the committee, thereby undermining the democratic process of the House, was complicit in the campaign of abuse and attempted intimidation of the committee. This is him having... He's been ranting like a nutter, has he, hasn't he? Claiming everyone's fraudulent and they're all, they've all been... They've all been bloody going to parties in WhatsApp time and all that kind of stuff. So I think you're absolutely right. I think he's resigned to get ahead of the story, to absolutely ground zero the story and be able to press the reset. But I think what he's also going to do, which is very, very clever, unfortunately, is he's going to be able to martyr himself oh, to absolutely. his grassroots of his government. This is the first decisive, clearest and neatest move in Boris Johnson's renewed Reclaim. ascent yeah. to the throne. Yeah. Just as, I hate to say it, Donald Trump's arraignment in uh, Miami or Florida the, is yeah. the start of his. Yeah. And did you know that... The foundations uh, have nicely put in... The foundations have been established in totally mm. equivalent ways for both of these blonde-headed chappies. But the thing is, in America, just quickly on that Donald Trump thing, Donald Trump's support amongst Republicans ballooned to something like 80% in the Republican Party. I mean, the, content, the contenders now are desperate. They're desperate. So, so all of this stuff is interesting how these two characters managed to make everything work for them. Yeah. And so what Boris needs, the only thing he has, he has to have the moment where everyone goes, he was punished. This is it. Move on. So I think that's and why I think he's going as to his mate, Gito Harry, was saying this morning, you know, He's just bought a lovely new home. He's very, very happily married. They're having a new baby. He's deep into writing his latest book. He's got numerous speeches yeah. that he's going to be doing for tens of thousands of pounds. So he'll probably just enjoy a few years off. No, well, Making let... honey, <laughs> making hay making while the hay. sun shines. Making it. Well, they're going to enjoy watching Labour not be able to cope with doing anything meaningful and then be blamed for everything. So yeah. the narrative, this is a so-called democracy. Make a mess of things. Bring someone else in. It's such a mess they can't sort it. They can't sort it, uh, and then blame them for it. And then we go through. What is madness? Repeating the same thing again, expecting a different outcome. Yeah, that's that's exactly. British democracy for you. Okay, um, Chris. Chris. She's teased, trying to tease Chi-Chi. Uh, Christos, just quickly on this, huge similarities with Trump, indeed, and curious as to how both cases are happening at the same time and in summer where people won't really bother because they'll focus on their holidays. Sorry, I just got a sharp pain in my head. Mm, I um, yeah. Oh. Anyway, there you go. So wait, She really is showing She's off her esophagus. She's not stopping. Okay, let's talk about Craig David. Monday. No, 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 that's enough. Honestly, Mark, it's very Tuesday. annoying when people start singing It's a really nice song. no. Do you not like the song? Not you singing it. Okay, all right. Okay, so this, what is the story here then? 
first of all, I really like Craig David. I, 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 I did a trek with him and 10 other celebrities. This was about Craig David a Years ago. And he was very thoughtful, very sweet, very kind, extremely gentlemanly. And the thing that I remember about Craig was, we were all dust, you know, we were out in the desert. We were like, we were desert rats, you know, but he was always immaculate. He had a brand new white, tight-fitting, long-sleeve, very, very tight-fitting top. He would have a brand new one every day and he stayed absolutely pristine. Not sound a like dot. you fancy a one-night stand. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not a dot of dust on him. No, I was very auntie-like with him. He's terribly kind. He invited me to right. go to his place in Miami, actually. <laughs> no, but, no, but in I'm a very joking. like auntie It's just way. so funny that this story is about one-night stands. <laughs> oh, God, no, not in a million years. I was an old, old hag for, hey, for Craig David. for God's sake. No, no, it was no, no, nothing. That's what I mean. He was very unflirty, just a very respectful, you're, lovely so you're to see that he was quite a, not a woman well you don't even know if it is being a one night having one night sounds mean you're a womanizer necessarily so not he's necessarily. this is a podcast that he's done with um is it louis through yes yeah louis through where he's he said that he's going to give up he's become celibate and this is because he now wants to truly prepare for the future to find the person the one that he can then spend the rest of his life with and he recognises that he is actually traumatised. And I think that's the word that was mm. that, you, you, that really trauma. resonated with. The trauma of one night stands. Now, I have always hated it when people have called, you know, used the words slut or, you know, all those other words for people that would have one night stands. Because I've always... Now, there's the kind of people that have one night stands that love sex... And it's two consenting adults and they love it and that's their favourite way to do it. And absolutely fine, you know, no problem with that. Yeah. But are people that I've witnessed, you know, when I was younger and that were sleeping one person and one person and one person and people would start saying nasty things about them and, mm. you know, slut, slut and all this stuff. And I would always say, oh God, what's going on? Because I could see sadness. I could mm. see like a real need for the night not to end, to, you know, to want a Affection, and then sometimes the only way you can get affection is to have sex. Mm. It's very, very important mm. for humans to have human touch. Mm. Um, I think it's a very... Um, just, just a little side note on this. I think it's really, really important with teenagers because you're... For your, with your teenagers to push past that point when they don't... When, you know when they sort of shrug you off and they don't want to be cuddled? I push through that bit with my girls because... They, they didn't want it. Oh, mum, get off. And I pushed through and I pushed through. And I would, if it was just like holding their arm or doing something or like squeezing them or hugging. And now I can just hug them and kiss them and kiss them like crazy. Um, and I, I tell you why I think that's really important. It's because at the point teenagers are going through such a difficult time, you know, uh, peer pressure, all the emotional stuff that's going on, all the confusion about body image and all of this... And they and they pull it, and that's the point they pull away from their their families and mm. that human touch. Mm. And I know I'm going off on a, a bit here, but I think that's when they can fall into having casual situations mm. because what they're actually wanting and needing is uh, is, is is affection and mm. human touch. Mm. And I think 
I mean, I, well, I didn't grow up in an affectionate family. My dad was an affectionate, my mum wasn't. She, I felt very loved by my mum always, but she'd been brought up in that very sort of, you know, there was no affection. Mm. I remember craving it so much. And I think I could have easily slipped into that thing mm. of, you know, looking for that in casual partners. But there was something in me that just, I don't know whether I was scared of it or my insecurities mm. about my body, whatever it was, I was saved from that. Mm. But I see how I could have gone down that road. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this idea that one night stands are all just one type of thing. I think, you know, it's interesting. A lot of it, when, when you think back and think of certain one night stands, some of them are with people you know, and it's a one night stand with, with someone you know. And do you know what that I mean? friends with benefits. Yeah, yeah, now, well, no, yeah, but, but, but it's a one night stand if it doesn't happen again. Um, so, you, you know, you, you get those sorts of situations. There are those occasions, and I can think of a couple where you've met someone and it's literally plonked on Passion. the table, no pun intended, the the kind of, the, the what's the, the transaction yeah. that's kind of available on the night. And that is curious because I think there's the kind of one night stand which you keep falling into, though that sort of, like you say, that pattern of behaviour, because you're seeking something in a confused way. You don't know how to seek comfort, you don't know yeah. how to seek... Uh, uh, you know, you don't know how to settle. I mean, for me, settle. a huge part of Anxiety. it for me was not not actually wanting to be on my own at the end of the night in those periods when I was between relationships. And, and, and that would inform getting myself and being around other people were getting themselves to a place where risks would be taken or, you know, uh, you know, you wouldn't observe the protocols. You go, yeah, okay, let's go back and things would happen. And when those things would happen, it was a way of not facing the fact that actually I'm going home, I'm going to lie, go to bed on my own, I'm on my own. Oh my God, I need to think about being on my own and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, so I think it's kind of, it can be, someone just said there, it can Loneliness. be a form of self-harm. Um, Lee Pierce said he's, he does one afternoon stands. He prefers one <laughs> afternoon stands. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, but trauma, I think is a really important part of it all. But yeah, I mean, just parking that, you know, and, and you know, Lee, a great friend of mine, you know, it's all very fun and it's just what, you know, it's just his way. And it's like, there's plenty of people like that where it's not like, a, there's not like a dark side to yes, it. Yes, yes. But I think we're, we, we are talking about the dark side of it because I think that's what Craig David was alluding to. We haven't actually listened to the podcast because the story only came up this morning, but I want to listen to it mm. and hear what else it's got to say. Well, I, th I think I... Because okay. When you were drinking... I would sit, you would get to a very dark place at a certain point in the early hours. And I would see that. And I could, I can see how before we were together, that would be the point that there was no way you were going to go home on your own. Mm. Because there was the fear mm. of the darkness and of the, the, of the, the self, soul. of your yeah. soul and all of that. And that's where that late night, mm. one night stand, you know, you could see it couldn't you, in clubs and stuff. People would start just sort mm. of almost grabbing anyone. Mm. You know, like at the school disco, would it be the last, everyone be running around trying to find somebody mm. for the last dance. In the adult world, you can see that, can't you, with, um, with the one night stand moment when everybody's looking Lots of people are looking for somebody to fill that gap. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, I, and I, 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 I mean, I'm not suggesting for a minute that I know... But, I mean, I, I think, yes, of course, and I can count myself in that group, you were just sort of joking about what Lee, Lee said there. Yes, of course, there's the just doing it and being comfortable with doing yeah, it, and it's a bit of fun and all that. Yeah. But I would go so far as to say, yes, it can always start like that, but if it carries on and carries on and carries on, and I think that's what's interesting about Craig David and what he's talking about, 
is that something else creeps in to the repetition. It becomes less about the experience, less about the fun, and more it becomes a comment on why am I doing this and why does it only happen? Why does it inter this intimacy only happen like this? And I know for me, when, I, did he use the word hollow or you used the word hollow or someone did it at some point this morning? I, did, yeah. I think that hollowness that creeps in becomes far worse, like an addiction, Zoe, you're saying, like an addiction than the actual thing itself. So you might have a bit of fun for the first few times. You might think you're, you're comfortable with it and easy with it. But I think actually but in every yeah. one night stand, yeah. there is a feeling of rejection, guilt and shame for both parties in all circumstances on some level. I, I don't think you can say that about I, all I think people. If you I think dig you can into say, it. No, but I think you can say that about all experiences you've had, but I really don't because some people do just really enjoy it. Mm. And, and somebody there just said, Nikki, I, I had one night stand after a bad relationship and it really boosted my confidence. Really? Oh, right. oh, that's interesting. So I, so I, th I I've, and, yeah, and yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. You, you oh, know. <clears throat> Nikki White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, yeah, also, who here would say that they are left, that they actually really do enjoy one-night stands and they don't have this Yeah, let's ask that question. If you've That's, had one, I've asked, have you had one? Let's ask if you've had one. Somebody just them. said there, um, oh, Lee, what's the name? When I was going through a breakup, hookups were a lot more risky, feeling of, feeling of a void. You have to be mentally strong enough to enjoy them. Mentally strong who enough. Who said that? Lee, that's a good point, Which isn't Lee? it? Oh, uh, Lee, um, Lee Pip. No, not Lee Darnold. One of our Lees. Yeah, lovely Lee. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, say that again. We will definitely do birthday so, shout-outs, guys. I can see there's yeah, quite a few people. Oh, I people. haven't got notes. I'm I not will, taking any notes. I will stop and, and do them. But I've got our lovely book here. This I'm so else. sorry, repeat. What, let me find Lee's comment. I couldn't remember. I liked what you said, but I can't remember it. Uh, um, uh, sorry, but somebody Lee. said there about... Ah, somebody said there about... Um, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror the next day, you have to question whether you should do that again. I hate the term walk of shame. It's only ever used on women. Yeah, is walk Lucy of shame. right? What do you mean? Walk of shame is for the woman to be shameful rather than it's the man. It's always the... Yeah. You know, I've, it, I've never thought of that. I've never heard that in I disagree. Religion. No, I disagree. I've, I've, I've used that phrase relating to myself, totally. To yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, I just think it... I think it, I think it can be used in a pejorative sense. Did you women, ever have a one-night stand that you really just enjoyed and you thought, oh, that was great, put a spring in your step? If I'm really honest, all the one-night stands I had were... Um, have been completely almost forgotten because we were so freaking drunk. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other aspect of it is I think you enjoy the idea of it, but you'd, you'd kind of enjoy it more if you were sober. But you wouldn't you do it if you were sober. How feeling when you hardly remember it because you were drunk and you have to think... What on earth? I, as I say, I always felt mom, I always yeah. felt elements of shame, failure, guilt, embarrassment, whatever. I, I, it was there, it was always there. Did and you I, always think I'm never doing that again? No, a bit like no. when you get drunk. You know when we get drunk and we think, oh, no, God, I'm I just, never drinking for again. For me, it was like collateral damage. It was just part of what being. being Catherine like, Jones, my one night stands were only ever when I was drunk. I've never had one sober. Mm. I mean, yes, imagine having a sober a... one night stand. Yeah. Is that an oxymoron? Is it is it achievable? Can you achieve the sort of familiarity and lack of kind of self-awareness or self-consciousness that you require? For Did it? you ever have a one-night stand? Have you, ever, you? No, you haven't had a one-night stand. No. Did you ever have a one-night stand where you... Um, I'm on the ropes, guys. Where you didn't want it to just be a one-night stand? When somebody walked away from you, a woman walked away from you and left you feeling... No, because I think everyone goes into them, even when you're drunk or whatever. You you, I, you see, this is oh, what I mean. Oh, this you is do, interesting. You Go with on. that thought. Yeah, everyone everyone goes into them with a suit of armour. 
Everyone oh, goes into them sort of true. thinking, well, I think... That's not true because I've spoken to many women who would not say that. I love that. Well, maybe that's because this me. is men are from Mars, women are from... That's really interesting though, isn't it? Because maybe often one person is thinking, oh, this we all know what this transaction is and we, they just assume the other person thinks the same way, mm. you know, and that's what we shouldn't assume. I mean... It wouldn't it be nice to think that a one-night stand could be as much about affection and holding each other and being lovely with... Do you know what I mean? Being warm and lovely with each other for a night. It might be for a night that you... But two consenting adults feel like they want to comfort each other, have sex maybe, but also hold each other. There is an element of people clearing out of the situation quite quickly, though. I mean, and I felt that between... Equally, between men and women, a sort of desire to... It's not as if... If I think of the one-night stands that I had, none of them led to us all kind of texting and keeping in touch. We kind of, we did it and we kind of, we all sort of moved on. It's sort of And then weird. how did you feel? Not, well, I, I, that's my point. I think we might pretend to ourselves and friends, oh yeah, it was great. But I think in a deep, deep level, it takes something away from you. And I think that's what's really interesting about what Craig David said. If you asked him when he was in the midst of mm. it all, living it, he would say he was empowered, he was in control, yeah. it was fine, it was con all, all, all these things. But mm. then with hindsight, and when you go into any kind of therapy or self-awareness or self-analysis, most things are about hindsight. You look back and you go, hmm, actually, this was the slow erosion, you know, carving, mm. carving, carving. And then you get to a point where actually it doesn't work for you. And in that sense, it is like self-harm. It's like addiction. It's that, it's that kind of thing. So interesting, isn't it, with us finding out more and more about ADHD as well. So interesting. That impulsive behaviour mm. that would lead you. Because knowing you very well, deep in your character, okay, you are, you know, you, you have addiction problems and all of this that you work very hard to keep, you know, steady. But deep in your character, you are a one-person person. person. Mm. You know, you're very loyal. Mm. You're very... You need to have I that like complete a deep connection. connection. I like a deep connection. And so, yeah, alcohol, ADHD, loneliness. You know, all these, all these other things would have come into play with all of those mm. one-night stands. And yet it would be so easy for a person to look at another person and go, God, what a slag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important. That's why I never stand in judgment of anyone who does have... I don't see someone having lots of one-night stands as no, irresponsibly promiscuous or whatever. Or, or, well, it might or, be irresponsible well, no, 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 to no, their, might be to irresponsible their soul. To them and, and it, you know, they might not be a particularly nice person even. But, or nice, but I don't make a judgment based on that behaviour because I... And I don't necessarily just see it as a sign that someone's unhappy either. I think at this point in your life, it's working for you. My line on it would be like my line about alcohol is with the kids. Be careful because it will get to a point where this will start to harm you or it could start to harm you or you'll feel, if not harm you, you'll feel a sense of something kind of insufficient is going on. And I've seen that happen in people. I've seen an emptiness creep into some men's eyes when I was, when I was younger and there, and there was a lack of belief that it could be anything else. And, and a numbing off happens. And, and mm. so I think it's dangerous. I think sex, I mean, I think it's a really interesting topic for how to stay married because I think there's both the trauma of um, one night stands. And if you are a serial one night stander, that's your, at this point in your life, type of relationship mode, isn't it? But I think people can also have longer term relationships that cause trauma because you pick bad boys or you pick, you know what I mean? Love avoidance and all that kind of stuff. I just think it's interesting that, I think it's a kind of behaviour and it's kind of something that is a rites of passage thing, but it can tip into becoming something that you think you're all right with, but actually you're not. 
And so many great messages and stories that you're sharing mm. here, guys. Thank you so much. I'm reading, I'm reading them as fast as I can. Um, so many. Uh, this is what I love about you guys. Yeah, and Anne-Marie every... Loffer says, it's a way mm. of coping with emotions you may struggle with. Some use alcohol, gambling, shopping, one-night stands or a coping mechanism of sorts. Absolutely. Mm. Ellie Denning, I just couldn't. So body insecure and I need that connection and trust first. Nice even with drink me. involved, I've never done it. Laura Lou, I was once so drunk I had a one-night stand, I don't remember even happening. That was shameful and I hated myself oh. long ago. Oh, oh, Laura Lou. But you shouldn't hate yourself. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Sarah... so much shame is still attached to sex as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Sarah D, it's I don't so... have a problem with people having one night stand if they want to, you do you. do you. Personally, I think I would feel horrendous knowing I had just had a one night stand. It's weird, isn't it? It's so weird that we can feel, oh, it's such a powerful thing, mm. sex. Yeah. It really is. Fascinating. Um, <clears throat> and thank you for all your messages there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, where's that one? Just go up a bit. Yeah. Uh, Ellie Dunn, no, Sarah D, mm. no. Oh, did we read that one? No, we read that one. No, thank you. And Zoe, I saw lots of messages going from you there, darling, and thank you. Minky Moo, I like deep connections <clears throat> with everyone and also get hurt very easily if I feel mm. neglected or criticised. So you know how to protect yourself. I hear these are ADHD emotional traits. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think arm, armour is a word I would use for it. It's, it's weird. One puts on emotional armour. I did. I would put on emotional armour to think, okay, this is a physical thing rather than anything else spinning out of it. And I think um, Sarah well, Witherington, exactly what we're talking I agree about. with the trauma of my marriage with Dave, with losing my brother and dad. Mm. So dealing with grief, I've gone through enough trauma. The one night stands were an escape and fun, fun for me at the time. time. Interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse, it's well, Jesse's birthday. Thank you. If you can make a and Jesse. Jesse. And Stacey Randall, I just want to give a shout out for Stacey Randall, yeah. who had her last physio session yesterday. Hey, Stacey has gone through so much mm. with that fall and that break. Mm. And um, you're Sending extremely you kind yeah. and you're a, a lovely uh, member of our community. And my God, you know, a, a, a simple fall mm. and you know the trauma that that can you've been the dealing with this break for months so yeah, good for you well done you i am writing down birthdays yeah. and we will sing them out at the end just a quickie uh just share what you were saying about the greek migrant story because i just think this is i just thought your observation was spot on well i was just well first of all god rest their souls 79 dead and hundreds more thought, thought to be missing that's toffee by the way not um uh and uh, the residents of uh, the this, this southern city of Kalamata have been trying to help the survivor. The community has mobilised, said the mayor of Kal Kalamata. And Greece has um, announced a three, day, three days of mourning. And I said to Mark, this made me sad. In a different way from the sadness of all of it. It's of course, that would never happen here. I thought that was so staggering. When you said that, I was like, oh, could we honestly say as a nation we would have three days of mourning if 79 migrants... Obviously, lots of us would have compassion and care and thought. But do you know what I mean? What I'm talking about is our country's policy and attitude at the moment to migration is and so sort of hostile. we the sense that these are human beings. These are human could beings. Could you imagine us... And when you hear about, you know, rescuers say that they've had people throw babies at them. They've mm. had, you know, and, and it, it, you know, it's so easy to become desensitised. Mm. 
Just think of them all just simply as human beings that have lost their lives in the most terrifying way. And all those people have people that love them somewhere else. Nanny dies much And better, I just think, you. I just think, yeah, it just made me sad. I, I can imagine a government, our governments calling for days of mourning. <laughs> I've said it so many times. The staggering lack of warmth and compassion in our governance in this country is, is just so depressing sometimes. It's no wonder that there's a staggering lack of warmth often in most of our media outlets too. Um, yeah, no, I just think it, I, I just think we, you're right. I think you, you, it was a stark contrast when you said, could you imagine us going into three days of, of mourning for, for migrants? No, I, I couldn't. And, I, and, I, and for a minute, I just thought, how, sh how, how, how shameful. But, but we can use it as a way to just maybe pull back from the desensitisation yeah, and just yeah, think... Yeah. I mean, do you remember a few years ago when that, that tragic photograph of that child on the beach? Mm, mm. We, lose the, old, we lose the human... And then everybody had, like, a moment of, like, just a moment mm. of, like, oh, this is a child. We've got to think of it every single person mm. like that. What does no. going into mourning entail, bad bod? That's a good question. I mean, I suppose taking a moment, taking a pause. I think it's taking a moment. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in Greece, but just, just, just. To... Perhaps offering these people on the beach a cup of tea rather than immediately slamming them in a truck and taking them off to what will be a trawler dredger fisher fishing boat off the mm. coast. I don't know. I mean, you immediately get into oh, we can't be molly coddlers and all that kind of stuff. I just think hearing it makes you stop and think. Oh yeah, can we just be a bit more compassionate? Maybe in our language, maybe in our attitude. In policy, the anger and that you hear every day. I mean, every day Nick Ferrari does migrants, and it's just, it really scares me how. Fevered everyone gets. Yeah, yeah. I promise you, look to sci-fi and uh, apocalyptic films for the future of this planet. If we pretend we have no part in this interlinked world that's causing this kind of global uh, migration problem with our policies in the Middle East and in poor countries and, and what have you, if we pretend that's not the case and we just keep putting up a bigger and bigger wall on our coast, just look to the movies because that's the future that we're, we're, we're going to have. Mm. It's not going to go away. You don't just stop it by saying don't come. You don't. It just doesn't happen. Anyway, just quickly, I just want to say, obviously, ITV were in, the, in front of the select committee yesterday. Um, incredibly efficient uh, sort of uh, management of the situation there by um, by ITV, obviously denying that they had any knowledge, uh, that they talked to um, Philip Schofield's lover um, 12 times. Um, they admitted that the bizarre aubergine comment by the executive producer of uh, this morning was uh, sort of misplaced, misguided, potentially wrong. Um, massive concern for the mental health of Philip Schofield. Uh, lots of parallels drawn between him and uh, Caroline Flack. Um, uh, a few swipes made also at former presenters at ITV. I mean, obviously, I'm going to sort of just run through the kind of main, the main things, sort of a, a few swipes at Eamon and things like that. Um, nothing particularly surprising. And yet, I suppose my own personal take on all of this is it feels slightly like everyone's missed the point of what happened in the first place, because... Why did he resign and why did he feel he had to resign? And it just still feels like no one's actually really asked that question. If I had any criticism of anything and what, what felt starkest yesterday, it still felt like more was being made of looking after the person, you know, in a more senior position than actually uh, the person in a, in a more junior position. Uh, and I think that people are conveniently trying to lop off the moment between uh, what happened in the workplace and really what a lot of people are most concerned about is what happened prior to that. So 
I think this neat cleaving off is, is, is strange. So we had that yesterday. I think, just, just, just say one thing on this. I think it was interesting. So I think at one point, Carolyn McCall said, if people knew this, why didn't they tell me? I think that's a misunderstanding of the power situation yeah. that we're actually talking about here. It doesn't matter whether it's television or wherever. Nobody really is going to mm. go to the top and say something about somebody that is at the top. Mm. And that is the whole nature of what the lessons are that mm. need to be learned about this, that there is such a thing as power mm. and power can be wielded in many different ways. And it's really important to say that whilst it was clearly stated that no non-disclosure agreements were signed, that uh, no gagging orders, all this kind of thing were happening, you've got to understand in television, lots and lots of content is subcontracted out to other production companies and other, other companies themselves. You know, in, Indeed, the aftercare for a lot of people in the media such as, you know, presenters and, and, and reality stars. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson has been talking about this. That is farmed out to, uh, you know, third-party organisations. And so when, obviously, a broadcaster sits there saying there's no NDA has been signed, they're possibly saying, yeah, absolutely, none have been signed between us and them, but they could well have been signed between a production company and clients and presenters and what have you. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, I think, you know, the Dan Wooten sort of uh, Carol McGiffin, um, that side of things is, is uh, very much feeling this still a cover up or this is a cover up of a cover up. Um, and I don't think we're really going to get to the bottom of it. Um, I also do think uh, partly what I was thinking should have happened. I'm not entirely convinced by the idea of this independent inquiry. I don't, I don't even think it's independent. But, you know, I think it would be good for everyone to feel that, you know, uh, you know things what have been looked at properly. What was the point properly. of it yesterday? What would have happened? I mean, what, conclusion, what, were, what conclusions were going to be drawn? The whole thing felt like a bit of a, a, bit of a, a pointless process, really. I, yeah, didn't, but, I didn't feel any probing the, what, questions What did they asked. say the point was? Well, they wanted, they wanted to push back and get ITV to, com to confirm what their sort of protocol because would be in the future. They also on. wanted to talk about what they knew and in what order and what the timeline was and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people, a little bit like Partygate, sit to the back teeth of this now, think it should be let go and all that kind of stuff. I mean, one of the politicians made an interesting point saying, it's easy to say you don't have a toxic culture in a production. If you're so embedded within that culture, you're not the best person, well-placed person to decide whether it is toxic or not, because you're used to it. You know, you can get used to a work environment that is in incredibly toxic outside of that environment. Um, but to everyone within it, it's like, what's wrong? This is absolutely fine. Of course, we punch each other in the face all the time. That's what we do. But, you know, if you come into that environment and then you're punched in the face, it's like, well, hang on a minute. What, what the hell's going on here? I don't know. It, it's odd because it feels like there's, you know, there's corporate speak and then there's real life experience, isn't there? And it feels like that's... In all corporations. In all corporations. And it feels like that's where the fly is. Right, so... We now, we need to go in a minute, but I want to do the birthdays. Oh, so, yeah. so we're going to part, Pauline's... we're going to do live living funerals. We'll do that tomorrow. Oh, it's such a great it's topic. Such a good topic. I do really you wanna... want to do it because it's just late. I've just realised. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> um, but we have to do that because it's such a good topic. That will be our main chat tomorrow. So yeah. um, Pauline's mum, happy, happy birthday to you for yesterday. Happy birthday to you for yesterday. Happy birthday, dear Pauline's mum. Happy birthday to you. And Jesse, and keep your eye open for anyone else. Who's else birthday? Jesse, oh, Lucy. yeah, Jesse. And Lucy. Lucy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lucy. I was going to do Jesse. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear Jesse and Lucy. No, no, you can't do that. Well, well you separate. went off on one. Well, I did... All right, start again. Jesse. Yeah, and then you went Lucy. Happy birthday to you.
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesse. Happy birthday to you. Oh, look, lots of birthday cakes coming up. Nanny, uh, Nanny, I love all the messages. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lucy. Happy birthday to you. Have a lovely day, whether it's your birthday or not. Everybody have a lovely day. Um, um, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. Don't forget the Curly Cooks of Croydon is live in the evening this Saturday. 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. We're having Mexican night. Uh, I've got the props, got the chili lights, got the avocados in. Fantastic. Oh. <laughs> Making Mark's favourite dish because it's Father's Day. Oh, of course it's Father's Day. And then on the and no, we're all... Oh, sorry. And then on the No Name Sunday show, there's going to be another something of Mark's favourite. Oh, fantastic. Um, Lots which of nice Nutella. Um, oh. So, um, yeah, if you want to join the members area, there's just, uh, there's a link under here. It's 50 pence a week and you get extra content on a Sunday. It's a join button, actually. Yeah. Um, and finally, Nanny Dice says, thank you so much for all her messages. She is feeling much better. She managed to go and see The Flash uh, yesterday and we are obviously seeing her this weekend. And I'm hoping she's going to join us for a members live to catch up with you and tell us about how prawns made her feel sick. Mum, what are you like with your food?